All right, what's up, everyone? Sam here from Wall Street Mastermind. I'm back here today with another client uh, interview for you guys. Um, today we have Jen here. Jen, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, Jen is a total rock star who is actually the first person out of all of my clients to get an offer for summer 2021. So it's what, April 13th today. Um, and uh, she just found out that she's going to be um, going to PJT for the summer. So wanted to, first of all, congratulate her on, I mean, it's an awesome accomplishment. Um, but obviously also get her to come on here and just talk to you guys a little bit about how she was able to get such a, uh, an amazing outcome. So Jen, again, thanks for taking the time to chat. And, uh, if you don't mind just, uh, starting with a little, um, quick introduction for the people that are listening, just a little bit about you, whatever you want to share, you know, just so they have a sense of like what type of candidate you are. Yeah, sure. So I'm Jen. Um, I am a sophomore at a liberal arts school in Massachusetts. I'm studying economics and minoring in music. Um, and going to the recruiting process, I had absolutely no relevant experience. I've done some internships in the past, but they were all in marketing and consulting. Um, so I really had no finance experience. I also had taken no finance classes at school. Um, so I felt like I was a little bit behind in that regard. Mm -hmm. um, but joining Wall Street Mastermind changed a lot of things for me. It helped me identify my blind spots, all the things that um, were holding me back, and it really revolutionized the whole process for me. And uh, I could not be where I am without joining the program. <laughs> revolutionized, I like it. Uh, <laughs> so okay, so you were uh, you were a sophomore when you joined. Yeah. Right? It was. <laughs> like right at the end of your first semester, I believe. Right, yeah, I joined pretty much, it was during my winter break, right before spring semester was about to start. So right before recruiting for 2021. Yep. And do you go to like a big target school? Do a lot of banks come on campus for you guys or what's the situation for you? No, very few banks. Um, we have some connections to some smaller banks like, um, MUFG, for example, and then some of the other banks, but not really as many old brackets. Of course, there are a couple alums um, who work at those banks, but there's no formal recruiting process on campus for them. So okay. my so, school is really a target. Okay, so like no bulls brackets, no lead boutiques, like none of the top tier banks. Yeah, no. Just to recruit. Okay. Um, okay, so then before you came to Wall Street Mastermind, you had already started recruiting a little bit on your own, right? Like I know even you were just starting to do because you originally came from, like you said, a marketing and consulting background, but you decided you want to make a switch to finance. Yeah. Right? Why did you decide to make a switch, by the way? Yeah, so I realized that there was very slow career progression in the um, careers that I was looking at. And also, um, course compensation was a lot more limited and after talking to alums and in investment banking I learned of all the amazing exit opportunities that people have that um, investment banking opens a lot of doors for people you can do pretty much anything you want after a couple of years in banking which I found really attractive mm -hmm. 
So I'd say those are the, the main reasons why I decided that the switch was right for me. Okay. So you made the switch, you started pursuing banking. Mm-hmm. And what did you do? You started applying to jobs or like what was the first thing you did? Yeah, I applied for finance internships for my sophomore summer. Um, I, I had a hard time finding sophomore opportunities. So I applied to some positions at like Wells Fargo and Fidelity. Um, I did apply to, I think, a couple of investment banking sophomore summer programs, but nothing happened. I didn't get any interviews. I got rejected either immediately or just never heard back. Um, so I had absolutely no luck when it came to my sophomore recruiting process. I knew that I was doing something wrong and I needed to make a change. Got it. Okay. So in hindsight, I'm sorry, my daughter's crying in the background if you guys can hear it, but in hindsight, um, knowing what you know now, what do you think was causing you to not get any interviews back then? And then like, obviously, once you came into the program, if I remember correctly, like you found an internship like within the first week or something. Yeah, that is true. So I say the number one thing that was holding me back was I had absolutely no relevant experience. Yeah. Um, wasn't really demonstrating an interest in finance looking back and that hurt me a lot. So I had a really hard time finding small, even unpaid internships that I could do just to demonstrate my interest. Um, but within one week of joining the program, I, I learned how to um, get that relevant work experience and I secured a, um, a semester internship um, within that first week. And that seriously helped me through the whole um, 2021 and 2020 investment banking recruiting process. I was able to speak about that experience in my interviews and it helped me a lot. Got it. So the first key was you came in, we revamped your application materials. We taught you how to get your foot in the door. Yeah. Just get that first relevant experience so that your resume is not just entirely marketing and consulting. And then once you had that on your resume, then every single interview you had after that, you had something to point to that you could talk about. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Got it. And that just made your life so much easier. So it's almost like a lot of people I think have been in your spot before because it's almost like a chicken and the egg problem of, well, I know I don't have any relevant experience, but how do I get relevant experience if I don't have any relevant experience? Right. Um, but I think your story proves that it's not that you need to have relevant experience to be able to get your first relevant experience because everybody has to start somewhere, but it more comes down to knowing where to look and knowing how to position yourself as a candidate so that these people will be interested in you because before, you know, you were applying to all these jobs like Wells Fargo, Fidelity, not even an investment banking division, but just like finance jobs because you weren't positioning yourself the right way. They weren't interested in talking to you. Right. Yeah. And I remember I actually did, I networked with some people uh, from Morgan Stanley. I had connections from high school and I applied for the sophomore investment banking thing at Morgan Stanley. And, um, even though that I would, I would network successfully and that person was able, um, she was willing to give me a referral. My resume was so bad because it was disorganized and I also didn't have any of that relevant experience. So even though she was able to pass my resume, it didn't get me anywhere because right. serious issues on my resume. Yeah. Not really showing an interest in finance there. Well, you make a great point, which is, you know, everybody talks about networking and you got to network. 
but like networking and your resume application materials, they kind of go hand in hand, right? Because if you have one without the other, it doesn't really work. People can't stick their neck out for you. Mm -hmm. You're not someone that's easy for them to stick their neck out for. Yeah. And looking back, it was so embarrassing that I even forward my resume to people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Like, no one is ever going to remember that version of you going forward. Like, now that, now that you're, you've gotten to where you are, people are only going to they remember the, the PJT version of you. <laughs> um, okay, so we solved that. So you got the relevant experience one week into the program. Mm -hmm. Then after that, the next thing you did was you started focusing on your sophomore summer internship recruiting then, right? Because yeah. now, now you're in your second semester, right? Mm -hmm. so that's in the priority. So how was that process for you? Because like a lot of people say, Oh, like I want to get a sophomore summer internship, but people will only hire upperclassmen. Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. What was your experience like? Yeah, I definitely I definitely had that experience and had a really hard time finding um, investment banking sophomore summer positions. But fortunately there are a couple I was able to find. My school's investment society sends newsletters with opportunities for all class years. So I applied to one um, that I had heard about through my school investment society. And then I was invited for the interview. And fortunately, I had joined the program before, um, before going to that. And I was preparing my technicals, preparing my behaviorals, learning how to structure my answers properly. So I went to that super day, and it was extremely successful. I got the offer um, the next day, and I, I signed within the next week. I also um, was able to get a super day at another bank, um, Society General, um, and I received that offer as well. So it's nice that I had options even for my sophomore summer, but if I hadn't joined the program, it would have been a lot harder for me to get those off, get those interviews and then actually do well in the interviews. Got it. So you actually, you got not one, but two summer internship offers for sophomore summer, and they're actually at pretty big banks, um, not like a small regional boutique or something like that, but, uh, and then you ended up taking one over the other. And so that's what you're going to be doing this summer, I guess, like a month or a month or two from now, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really, really looking forward to that. Okay. And the interview process for that, was that like mostly behaviorals, was it technicals, was it both? Um, and, how, and how was that for you? almost entirely behavioral, but that's probably because it was a sophomore program. Yep. Um, standard questions. Um, and then they asked me a couple of counting questions at the end of the interview. But if I hadn't joined the program, I wouldn't have been able to answer it. And then at the end of that interview, my interviewer said, oh, you gave the most impressive technical answers by far. And I wasn't even studying finance or accounting, unlike a lot of the people who were also at the Super Day. But it really, it was a um, Wall Street mastermind interview yeah that allowed me to do that yeah and i mean the most impressive technical answers i'm guessing they weren't really asking anything that hard right like from no no it was really basic stuff yeah yeah so i mean um typically these sophomore summer internships uh their interviews aren't very technical but like oh. the way we've been preparing you for the technicals is for the junior summer internship interviews, which obviously are a lot more technical, as I'm sure you can attest to, mm -hmm. um, yeah. especially if you're interviewing with firms like 
PJT or other elite boutiques who just, they're very hardcore about asking really, really hard questions, right? So I can imagine technicals weren't a challenge for you at all for the sophomore summer internships. For the behaviorals, like, what do you feel like was the biggest difference there? Because a lot of people say that, you know, behaviorals are the easy part, right? Because unlike technicals, you don't have to learn a bunch of new concepts. You just talk about yourself, right? So what is what do you think is the big deal with, with the behaviorals? Oh my goodness. Well, I think it's a huge misconception that um, the behaviorals are easy. You can totally knock them out of the park without, prepar without preparation at all. Um, first of all, knowing what traits to highlight is really important and also knowing how to structure your answers in a way that's effective. So uh, it's one thing to just say, oh, um, I, I was intellectually curious this time or I was a team player this time, but it's also really important to demonstrate um, what you learn from the situation and um, continuity and not, and not just uh, I was able to do this that one time. Just having a really good answer is a lot more. Um, there's a lot more work that needs to go into it. And being organized um, and thoughtful is also really important. And one thing that I was doing before joining the program was I'd have interviews not just for investment banking, but um, for marketing consulting too. And I'd have a hard time structuring my behavioral answers and um, really uh, facilitating the flow of them. Um, and also speaking about the takeaways, um, the results of the time I did, blah, 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 or that. Um, results and takeaway were some things that I've been missing in my behavioral answers before. Yeah. So you would say then, it sounds like if I were to summarize what you just said, the biggest difference maker for you, at least on the behavioral side, is that one, because uh, it's so open and so open ended, um, but knowing what the bankers actually want to hear allows you to kind of have a target for what you wanted to tailor your answers towards and like what are the traits you want to, um, you know, demonstrate, right? And then secondly, once you knew what traits you wanted to demonstrate and how you want to position yourself, then it just came down to having the right stories to tell, but more importantly, having the frameworks for how you structure these stories so that you can tell them in a way that's effective as opposed to just, because like the same story, two, two different people telling the same story, one could be a really good story, one could be a horrible story, right? And so it's more like, if you're not organized about the way you tell these stories and people aren't getting the, the relevant takeaways that you want them to take mm -hmm. away from the story, then you're not making your point, right? Got it, okay. So you felt, going into these interviews, like you felt pretty good, pretty prepared then. You were like confident. Yeah, there was no question I was ever asked that I wasn't prepared to answer. Um, That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, okay, so then that was your sophomore summer internship and that was like, well, like probably two months ago, two and a half months ago now when you got that, right? It was about a month into the program was when I remember you getting that. And then do you then shift your focus towards junior summer internship recruiting? Um, and so like, how was the junior summer internship? Cause this is like, obviously the most important one, right? This is the one that everyone's gunning after. How was that process different or similar to the sophomore internship recruiting process from your perspective? Like, was it harder? Was it about the same? Um, did you have to do anything differently? 
Yeah, it, I'd say it was a lot harder. So, uh, for example, my PGT Super Day was two and a half hours long. Yeah. Uh, and my uh, interviews for the other banks for sophomore summer were one hour max. So um, they were longer. Uh, I think the competition was a lot steeper, too, just because um, at my sophomore Super Days, a lot of my peers were also didn't have a lot of finance experience. But um, I started recruiting for Junior Summer, I found that a lot more people had very impressive experiences on their resume and came from really, really good schools, too. I was competing with Wharton, NYU, Harvard kids. Um, I go to the Super Days and I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm just this little liberal arts kid. Um, <laughs> but that and also, of course, the technical aspect, the technicals got a lot more challenging once I started recruiting for junior summer. Mm. Um, we asked a lot more than just simple accounting questions. You know, go a lot more in depth with valuation, DCFs, um, being able to speak intelligently about the market. Those are all things that definitely were expected of me for those junior interviews. Didn't have to talk about too much for my software interviews. Yeah, got it. Okay, so you cut out a little bit towards the end there, but I think what you were saying is um, the interviews were a lot more technical for the junior yeah. summer, and the competition was a lot tougher because there's all these kids from like Wharton, yeah. or <laughs> these like really um, finance financey programs, and people had like really really stacked resumes. It sounds like. Yeah. So what do you think, and by the way, you saying the interviews are harder. I actually looked this up. Um, they have like rankings, I guess, done on Wall Street Oasis about like which bank has the hardest interviews. And uh, for 2018, PJT was the hardest. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I think 2019, PJT was the second hardest. But they're like always in the top three. And yeah. the top three is always like elite boutique banks is like, PJT, Molis, and Centerview or something. They just like rotate basically. So I can imagine it was definitely a lot tougher. What do you think, what do you think made you stand out from everybody else? Because the group, so you're going to the Tuckamane group, right? You don't go to Warden, you don't go to Harvard, you don't go to any of these schools. So it's not that. Um, you've probably taken fewer finance courses than all the kids that did go to those schools. And so, like, what do you think it is that caused them to choose you over everybody else? Oh, yeah. Well, definitely my behavioral answers. Um, I was able to speak about something I'm really passionate about. I'm a pianist, and I wove that into a lot of my behavioral answers. I spoke about how piano allowed me to cultivate discipline um, and determination, hard work, traits that are, are prized in banking. And um, talking about some of my accomplishments within piano, I think, was really helpful. So having a, an edge, uh, something that set me apart from the crowd, something that I could say that they were also doing, that was really important. Also, um, I think being, uh, showing that I, I could be fun to be around, a pleasant personality is really important. And that's something that I think a lot of people look past. Um, but from speaking to analysts from my networking calls, I learned, don't go in, don't be a, phone, a finance robot. Um, talk about something that makes you unique. Talk about what you're passionate about. Talk about what you're doing outside of finance. And I think doing all that helped me a lot. Right, right. Well, I could probably bet you that um, most of the other candidates, if not all the other candidates, didn't have an angle like the one you just talked about. Like you decided to highlight 
your background as a musician, yeah. as a pianist, not like, whereas most other people probably never even think of doing that, but because you did that, yeah, not only one made you unique and stand out, people always ask, like, how do I make myself stand out? But secondly, like, it's not enough to just stand out if it has no relevance whatsoever, but the key is you were able to tie that back and make it relevant for investment banking, even though it's something that is seemingly completely irrelevant right exactly and so that's like that's the difference if you actually like know what to do with the behaviorals versus if you don't because look if someone like Jen who had only consulting and marketing background three months ago can Mm -hmm. all of a sudden get like you know some of the toughest offers you could possibly try to get in the entire industry like clearly that's more than just you know, knowing your technicals. Because I guarantee you the Warren kids, they all know their technicals too, right? The Harvard kids, the Columbia kids, the NYU kids, they all know their technicals too. Like, your technicals are good for sure. They have to be. But they're not probably – they're not better than all the other finance hardos out there. <laughs> yeah. Right? Knowing your technicals is half the battle, if not even less, because everyone else knows their technicals. You need to have something that's going to set you apart from the crowd. Yeah. And these interviews are also tough because I think I remember you and I were talking about this, like, but clearly you ended up getting the job, but coming out of the interview, you had no idea. Like they don't let you, they don't let on that they really, really like you were going to give you the offer. Right? Some of them have poker faces. Yeah. Like kind of disinterested. Like they're going to act in a way to kind of try to throw you off your game or see if, if, see if it phases you. Right? But yeah. how are you able to like maintain your composure under what sounds to me like an extremely high pressure situation? Because I'm sure you really, really wanted this job too. So yeah, they were tough voice, so I was really nervous going in. Yeah. So how do you manage that? Is that just like from knowing that you've had the proper preparation and like you've already done everything that's within your control and you just kind of leave the rest up to whatever happens happens or like how do you how do you manage your uh mentality going in yeah yeah um well i'd say honestly my background as pianist helped me with a lot of that because i'm used to in high pressure environments um having to perform a lot and participate in competitions there's always that uh rush of anxiety that you get before going into that situation so that helped a little bit but it was more so that I knew that I had all the preparation I needed to go into that. Um, that allowed me to be calm the day of my interview, go in, um, and just know that I was going to do the best that I possibly could. I had prepared to the best of my ability. Yeah. Um, just going to give it my best shot, and then I did end up getting the offer. Yeah. Do you know how many people were at your Super Day? There were 50 interviewing for PJT. But I don't know how many were interviewing for the specific office that I was um, that be at. So um, not exactly sure, but I'd probably guess at least ten. Yeah. So, so the, the odds are pretty low, basically. Um, this is why I always tell people, like, look, like on the behavioral side, uh, on the technical side, obviously you want to be a ten out of ten. But that's just like knowing the answers to all the questions. On the behavioral side, when I say you want to be a ten out of ten. I'm talking about like being great on a curve. There are 10 people at the super day. You want to make sure that your answers are better than the other nine people. 
right? Because a lot of times that's literally only one spot, especially for some of these groups that are like the most sought after groups, right? Um, and so I think you were able to do that, which is obviously amazing. Um, if I were to ask you, like, what, is, what do you think is the biggest difference? Well, what made the biggest difference for you when it comes to Wall Street Mastermind? Because like a lot of people, they don't really understand. It's hard for them to imagine just how different Wall Street Mastermind could be relative to any other resources that you could have used out there, right? Because we're, we're for sure not the most widely known resource, right? That would probably be Wall Street Oasis or Merging Inquisitions or something like that. But like, what do you think is the biggest difference for you? Yeah, so for me, um, the technical training taught me not only how to answer the most commonly asked questions, but also um, it gave me a very strong foundation for understanding the technicals, not just being able to regurgitate something that I'd seen on the Wall Street Oasis guide or the M&I guide, because I had already been doing that. I've been trying to memorize the answers, but um, Sam gives very, very thorough and comprehensive modules that walk you through um, all the topics that you need to know and really understand because the interviewers know that everyone's looking for the same guides. So they don't typically ask the questions that you see on those guides. They will ask some kind of variation of those questions and um, knowing the material, understanding it at a deeper level is what will allow you to succeed, not just being able to um, recite something that you read online because we're past the, those days when interviewers ask um, exactly what you see on the guides. Now they want to test your understanding. Especially elite boutiques, right? Like they are just, they're just so hardcore about the technicals. Yeah. About I didn't get a single technical question that I'd seen on the M&I guide or the Wall Street Oasis guide. Not a single one. PJ, nope, not in the PJT yeah. interview. Yeah, because usually they're not asking you for like the definition of things. They're asking you to apply yep. the knowledge that you actually have right and if you can't apply the knowledge to different situations like live situations then you basically don't know it well enough in their eyes yeah exactly i also got some case studies so there's like no way to prepare for those except really understanding material at a, at a deep level and that understanding i gained through the program and i was able to get through those those case studies even though i knew nothing about the companies that asked about um, going in and do well in those yeah it's so hard to get your knowledge to like the application level just from reading a book mm -hmm. you, know, you can get to like the memorization level know a lot of people do that when you get to the application knowledge level it's like you really have to internalize this knowledge right? and um there's no um, it's not just for finance but with anything you try to learn it's always much easier if you have a good teacher mm -hmm. right? yeah, just like we've all had bad professors in school and we've also had good professors in school and just imagine like how much easier it was to learn a subject matter when you had a good professor right versus like reading a textbook on your own or something so um okay so the interview prep for you is just like probably was the biggest difference mm -hmm. and then obviously like being able to get your foot in the door which you already talked about earlier and knowing how to network uh, accordingly to get the referrals, those things also help you line up the interviews as well. Mm -hmm. Got yeah. it. Okay. Um, last couple questions for you. As you were considering joining this program, 
were you like skeptical at all or did you were you like what if this is, doesn't work like what ultimately i'm sure a little bit of that probably across your mind right because you at the time you hadn't been in the program so there's no way for you to truly know so like was this an easy decision for you or like what ultimately um made you want to take that leap of faith i guess yeah, so I'd say at first I was a little bit skeptical just because I didn't know anyone who had been through the program. Um, I saw, I had listened to the testimonials online um, and heard really good things, but I, I wasn't sure could I actually be successful in this program. These people, uh, they made it through, but what about me? And then I just realized, hey, uh, I, this might be my only chance to do it. Recruiting's coming around the corner. Um, and it seems like everyone who's been through the program managed to get an offer and they were successful in their, their recruiting process. So now it's my turn. I'm just going to give it everything I've got and work as hard as I possibly can. I ended up supporting myself financially through the program. Um, and that also helped incentivize me to really, really give <laughs> it my, pretty much my life savings that I had invested into this. And yeah. now that uh, I was successful in the end. So to clarify, you didn't, you didn't get your parents to help you with this program. No. Uh -huh. You took all of your savings and bet on yourself. Yeah. And said, I'm pushing, I'm pushing all in, basically. I'm pushing all the chips in. And I'm either going to get this job or I'm going to buy. Yeah, and it made me work even harder than I think I would have if I just spent my parents' money because I had skin in the game. Yeah. Um, pretty much every dollar that I'd saved since I was a kid went yeah. to the program. <laughs> wow. Did you talk to your parents before you did that? Yeah, I did. They were skeptical because they're a little bit older and they're like, don't trust everything you see online. Maybe it's a scam, but I think that was the case after talking to you that first time and talking to other people um, during the strategy session. So I thought, hey, this is legit. This could be my last chance to do it. So I'm just going to do it. But they were fine with you taking all of your savings and putting it in. Yeah, they said this is your life, this is your career, you have to take responsibility for it, just do the best you can, I trust you to make the right decision. That's amazing, because I absolutely agree with them, like, it is your career, right, your parents can make these decisions for you, because if they do, and it doesn't turn out the way you wanted it to, they can't be responsible for the outcome, right, but because yeah. you made your decision, now, like, this entire outcome is because of your decision and you can own that a hundred percent and you deserve that you got because like you had, you push all in and you did all the work that you had to do to get to this point, right? Like nothing, people, sometimes people say like, Oh, like doing well, she matched mine. Like, um, like my parents think that that means that like, it's kind of like cheating basically. Like that means like I, I didn't have to like earn it myself. But like, as you can attest to probably is like, I mean, how hard did you have to work even with our help? Like, was anything ever just handed to you on a silver platter? <laughs> no, no, no. It's on you to get through the modules by yourself. It's on you to work on your resume and learn how to network effectively. The materials are given to you, but it's up to you to make the most of them and to apply them and to actually put them into practice. So you could take the path of least resistance and just invest in the program and not really do anything with it, not really apply the knowledge, but you're not going to get anywhere. And someone who um, soaks every last bit of information and uh, applies it to their recruiting strategy is going to be a lot more successful. 
Yeah, absolutely. So it's like, there's no, um, there's no, like, there's no silver bullet, right? Like we're here to, I always tell people, it's like, it's like sports. You're the athlete. We're just the coach. We want to coach you through like how to best, you know, set up your game plan and strategy so that you can go out and have the best shot winning the game. You got to go out and hit those shots and you got to like show up to practice and do the drills and whatever. And if you don't do that, no coach in the world is going to be able to win the championship for you. Right? Yeah. Same with piano. You can show up here once a week lesson and just make it through that one hour and you're not going to get anywhere. But if you go home and you practice every day, um, you work through your weaknesses and what's holding you back, um, then you'll become a, a lot better musician. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that's awesome. So obviously we already know, you had a super successful outcome. You're on PJT. Congratulations on that. Do you have any last-minute advice for maybe people who are in a similar situations as you were in? Maybe they feel like they don't have that much relevant experience. Maybe they don't go to, like, the top target schools. Uh, maybe they don't know anything about interviewing or they don't know how to network. Like, just people who are where you were just three and a half months ago, which – you and I were joking about this before this call, but like, it feels like a lot longer than that because so much has happened. But when you really think about it, like so much can change in just three and a half months if you have the right guidance and you do the work, right? But like, what would you tell the people that are maybe feeling the way you're feeling? Just like, hey, this program might work for other people, but like, can it work for me? Like, do you have any advice or, you know, people like that? Yeah. Um... I'd say that the one thing that you definitely need throughout this process is a mentor. So Sam was mine um, and he helped me get to where I am today. Um, but I also had other mentors throughout the process too. I was able to connect with lots of alums um, and people that I, I knew through from high school even um, who ended up in banking. And from all those conversations, I had to try to take away at least one piece of advice. I always ask people at the end of the conversation um, if there's anything that uh, is there anything that you wish you knew when you were in my shoes when you were first starting to recruit? And people mm. give me sincere, honest advice, and I, I try to apply it to the best of my ability. And that's really what, why I'm able to say that I have an offer for this summer, I have an offer for the next summer, and I'm uh, I'm ready for my career in investment banking. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I hope you guys are taking notes because Jen just gave you guys um, a little golden nugget right there. Uh, that's a really good question. Um, that we teach all of our clients to ask during their networking conversations. And so uh, Jen is an amazing student, obviously. She takes what you teach her, and then she goes out, and she actually takes action and implements, and then she gets results, right? And so, look, for the rest of you, um, everyone that's listening, I think the moral of this story is just that, one, investment banking recruiting doesn't have to take that long, right? Like, Jen was able to completely turn things around in just three and a half months, right? Mm -hmm. so, like if you're feeling like you're behind or you're feeling like you're not the, you know, most quote unquote qualified candidate, maybe because you don't go to the right school, or you don't have like the right experiences on your resume. Like a lot of that can change if you know what you're doing. Um, and like, and as quickly as a, as, as a week, right? Like Jen got her first relevant experience within a week. 
Then she got the Solomon Shaman Hushab within a month. And then now she has the Shaman Hushab within three months. So, so, so it's like, the key is though, like you have to have the map. It's like you have the destination in mind of where you're trying to get to. But if you don't have a map, you'll, you'll either never get there or you're going to take a lot of wrong turns along the way. And then by the time you get there, like it might be too late, right? Like I, I personally can't imagine going somewhere that I've never been before without Google maps. Like, <laughs> like I, 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 just, I would just be lost, right? Recruiting is no different. It's like a lot of you, when it comes to recruiting, you probably feel a little bit lost. You're like, I don't know how to get relevant experience or I don't know how to network with people. I don't know what to talk to them about. I don't know how to, like, I don't know what they want to hear with my behavioral answers. So I don't know how to learn these technical concepts. Cause I never like, no one's ever taught me this stuff before. So it's like, you're feeling lost and that's totally okay. But what you need to understand is the map is there if you want it. Right. But you have to go and get it. And then like, once you have the map, you still have to make the trek to the destination. It's not like just having this map alone is going to teleport you from point A to point B. Um, you still got to do the work, but it will make it that much easier and it will help you get there that much faster. Right. And this, I always tell people like time is of the essence because the sooner you can wrap up recruiting, mm-hmm. better the offer you're going to get. Right. The hardest firms to get into like the PJTs of the world. Again, today is April 13th, 2020. Okay, they're already done with summer 2021 recruiting. Most people are still recruiting right now, but like the best firms always get, always get filled up first. And so the longer you take to land this offer, the longer you take to get to your destination, typically the further downstream you're going to have to go and the worse the offer is going to be, right? So like the difference between going to a top tier bank like a PJT, like a, you know, uh, Mollis or whatever, these other elite boutiques versus say a middle market bank or a regional boutique may not seem that significant, but honestly, having worked as long as I have and having known people that have gone to these various different banks, like your paths start to diverge over time. Like your career trajectory, this is what it is essentially is altering the slope of your trajectory right so if you guys are all taking algebra like you understand like the steeper that slope like over time you're going to separate yourself more and more or further and further away from the competition because you're going to have opportunities that they don't have right but all of that starts today right like a lot of people are like oh i want to work for a mega fund i want to go work for a private equity mega fund well guess what you can but only if you work at certain banks and in certain groups, right? It's not like getting into banking is the first step. Like it also matters how good a bank you get into. So I think, uh, look, guys, if Jen could do it from the situation that she was in, um, obviously she had to work super hard for it. But like if you have the same level of commitment and the same level of work ethic that Jen has, and you have the same system and sh- and strategies that Jen had, which is, you know, the map or the GPS system that you need, there's no reason why you should not be able to accomplish the goals that you have when it comes to banking, uh, investment making, recruiting. Okay. So I just, Jen, I want to thank you again for um, taking the time to come on this call and just like be an inspiration to, you know, the rest of your peers that are still um, 
grinding this thing out. And, uh, you know, I'm sure your story has um, been super helpful for them. And uh, so thank you for doing that. For, for the rest of you that are um, listening, you know, if you want to kind of get the same type of help that Jen had, and you want to, you know, have a shot at getting a similar type of result that Jen has. I'm not going to tell you the same results because, again, that, that's up to you and how you show up. But if you want to have a chance at that, you know, I would encourage you to just reach out to us, schedule a free call with us. That's how Jen and, Jen and us started, too, is we just had a conversation, right? We just get on a strategy session. We'll talk about your situation. We'll give you advice on what we think you should do. That might mean that you should work with us, but it might mean you shouldn't work with us. I don't know. Like we don't, honestly, we don't work with everyone we talk to, but if it is a situation like Jen's where, Hey, when we talked to Jen, we were very confident that if she had our help, she would be able to get an amazing outcome. Then we'll absolutely tell you that just, you know, in a very honest way. And you can decide if that's the best thing for you. Right. And if not at a minimum, we'll give you some advice on just like what we think we would do if we're in your shoes and you can go out and try to implement that on your own and you don't lose anything, right? So, but that, that, that would be the next step for you guys. So for those of you that are interested in doing that, now I encourage you to schedule just a strategy session with our team at www.wallstreetmastermind.com slash apply. Um, the street is abbreviated to ST. So it's wallstmastermind.com slash apply. And uh, we look forward to speaking with you guys and hopefully helping you guys, you know, just on this very, very challenging uh, recruiting process and journey. All right. Um, so again, thank you, Jen, so much for taking the time to chat. And again, huge congrats on the offer. Obviously, keep me posted on how your internship goes. I can't wait to hear all about it and the success that you continue to have. And, uh, you know, let's uh, definitely stay in touch and don't be a stranger, which I'm sure you won't be. Thank you so much, Sam. Um, thank you for putting together a fantastic program and for being such an inspiration to uh, so many kids like us who just are starting this whole journey. I'm, uh, I'm happy to do that. I love, I love what I do, especially on days like this when I get, like I wake up and the first thing I check my phone and I saw your Slack message telling me about the offer and that's, like, that's an awesome start to my day you know like I nothing nothing ever beats that feeling for me and never gets old so um it was an honor to be able to help you um in this process and uh you know just thank you for giving us the opportunity to do that all right guys that'll be it for today and uh we'll be back uh with a lot more of these in the near future i'm sure as the, the summer 2021 recruiting process continues to unfold so stay tuned all right thanks guys talk soon